This is a Podfire production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. Also given me a good grounding to understand you know, where I've been working, Singapore, Japan, Australia, um, you know, different cultures, different ways of approaching things. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. Our Awesome Human today is Matthew Mason, a previous racehorse trainer turned design guru. Oh, this is going to be a fun conversation. I love me horses. Matthew is the founder of Superb Learning with an incredible 20 plus years of experience behind him with global reach by giving people a place to increase business position with quality outcomes. Recognised as an online learning facilitator and certified learning professional, Matthew has a passion for sharing his knowledge of learning and design through online training programs. A current research action project has been working on is called Augmented Reality, a direct or indirect view of the real world environment through computerized simulation sensory. Wow. Can't wait to hear all about this one and how this is going to work. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good. Good, thanks. Thanks so much thanks. for joining me. Nice. As we mentioned off well, before we started here, is like how we linked and connected and stuff. And uh, and you were telling me the story about how we did this on LinkedIn. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, yeah, it's just sort of one of those, you know, make a connection. And then from that connection, well, this is this has come about. So it's yeah, awesome. It's great. And it's now great. people get to hear your story. They do, yes. Are you nervous? Yep. Oh, just a little bit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> don't be nervous, mate. I don't bite, I promise. Well, <laughs> the first thing I always like to start with this is what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Oh God, that's that's an interesting one. I, I I suppose I've got a I've got a few different memories. Um, one I remember from when I was four. Four, yep, yep, good age. And I was um on the uh, um on um on the downs in England. We're on there on a family holiday, and I remember little um the little um um the the more ponies yeah. were there, and we we're in, in the car. And I also remember as well that I bought this really ugly face mask uh, somewhere <laughs> along the line in, in, in part of our in part of our travels yeah. and i remember sitting in the car with this face mask on looking out the window at the little more ponies and that's one of the that's <laughs> sort of a really early memory what uh, was the mask know. do you remember oh it was just sort of like a, a bit of a horror sort of face <laughs> type thing you know but it was like it was like a full-on you know um, pull over your head pull mask. over your head mask one yeah so well, yeah, i got so a donald a trump one of them it's probably just as scary actually <laughs> probably <laughs> so where were you born so I was born in Sydney. Yep. Yep. Born in Sydney. And then um yeah, dad was in the in the Navy. And so then we moved to Canberra and I sort of grew up most of my time in Canberra. So my 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 initial time in Sydney was probably about three months and then So yeah, you were so, the uh the son of a naval officer yep. or naval man. That's it. So does that mean lots of moving? No, no, we we're actually lucky. We moved to moved to Canberra and then after that dad sort of said, you know, had enough and moved oh, okay. and, and, and left left the Navy. Yep. Um at that time, so yeah, we pretty much stayed in Canberra. Um, so, what was your first school you went to? So, first school was um, Charnwood Primary, which yeah. is uh, it's uh, it, Charnwood, I suppose now is an interesting suburb in Canberra. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So, and um, yeah, so that was. Sort and of do you remember school? Sort of, yeah, yeah, I remember school and were remember that. Were you were you sort of good, bad, ugly? Were you a oh, no. jock or a nerd? No, I, 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 I don't know if I sort of, I certainly wasn't a jock. I don't know if I put myself in the nerd category either. I was just sort of floating along doing things. But yeah, um, yeah I don't, I, I was pretty good at school, I think. So was school for you? Were you one of those kids that just sort of got on with it and you had to go or you wanted to go? Uh, it was something I just did. Okay. Uh, it was just something I did. And and it's always interesting, you know, when I talk to my, talk to my dad about, you know, um, you know how I, went through school and he basically just said, I sort of just cruised along. Yeah. You know, um, you know, my brother would come home and study for hours. I'd come home and play with the horses. Um, you know, this is when I was a bit older yeah. and, and do my homework on the bus on the way, on the way to school. So that's smart. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, why that's I it. call yeah. it smart. Yeah. Like yeah. they're at home doing these hours with a homework. Oh, we've done it. What do yeah, you mean? That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was sort of, it was sort of something I just sort of cruised through. Um, probably, probably could have applied myself a bit more, but hey, I, I, I was having fun. That's that's all that matters, mate. That's all that matters. So, what high school did you go to after that? So then I went to um, went to Campbell High. 
Mm-hmm. So that was, um, yeah, right. And next. from year seven all the way through? Year seven. And at, yeah, at Camp, so Canberra, um, they only go year seven to 10 yeah. in high schools. And then they've got the college. So then it was college. It was at Dixon College okay. in Canberra, just down the road. So and was that the same? We just cruised through high school as well? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yep. So during that time, what was your sort of sport of choice? Um, sport of choice, I suppose. Uh, primary school, I did a bit of AFL. Uh-huh. Um, but then, yeah, when we, we moved just outside of Canberra to to a place called Murrum Bateman, uh, acreage, so my sport of choice then was probably horses. Horses? Yep. Yeah, that's what so I got in got in riding the horses and and um yeah, started started doing pony club and then started getting into endurance riding after that. Endurance riding? Yeah. Oh, that'll be exciting. Yeah, so that was yeah, so that was sort of um, you know, forty to hundred K rides. Wow. Um yeah, hurt your so, ass, wouldn't it? Oh look, you know, tra- tra- you get tra- used to it. Yeah, got, yeah, that's right. Yeah, trained for about three months. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, leading up to that. So, so how so old were you then? Um, when I was doing the endurance rides, probably about four. So I sort of started around around sort of fourteen. Oh wow, uh, and that's that's there, pretty so, young yeah. to send your kid off on a uh, a forty k or hundred k ride. Oh yeah, I've been riding for been been riding for a little bit before that. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. And what was it about horse riding? Like, oh. was it just the freedom or was it, yeah, it was just, the, it was the just horses? It was just, yeah, just enjoyed, it was a combination of things, you know, yeah. just enjoyed being on the horses and stuff, but just able to get out and just go and, and sort of, you know, travel around wherever we, where we wanted. You know, at mm-hmm. the time, the area where we were wasn't really built up, so we, you know, go through paddocks and down the road and paths and tracks and things like that. So it was good. It was good fun to just, yeah, get out and get out and do stuff. So during this whole time, mum and dad, or just dad, or, or? No, mum, mum, dad, mum, dad, brother, sister. Yeah. Yep, so, so there yeah. were three of his. Yep. And what number are you? Uh, number two. Number so you middle child syndrome, the whole Marsha, no. Marsha, Marsha thing. Or no, 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 never, no. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get on better with your your older or your younger sibling? You reckon? Uh probably got on better when I was growing up with my sister. She's she's a bit younger than me. Yep. Um, but we also had a share of, you know, shared a love of horses and things. So, you know, so you know, we used to go riding a bit together or or you know, I'd go to pony club with her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, she Yeah. So I looked after her a little bit when she was growing up and then, you know, with with, with the horses and stuff. But then so she, she probably ended up yeah, she probably ended up going better than me on the horses and, than what <laughs> I did. So yeah. And what about your brother? Did you get on well with him? Oh look, to fight and argue as boys do. Yeah, I think we, I think we clashed a little bit. Um, you know, clashed a little bit early in that in that um, you know sort of teen stage. Yeah. Um, and then and then after I after I left home, um, and then hadn't I think hadn't seen him for probably you know a good uh, you know twelve months or so, and then mm-hmm. we caught up and yeah we're, we're we're good we're good now. So yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I've got one brother. We just mm-hmm. grew up. There's two of us, and uh, we fought and argued our whole lives. Yeah, now when we see each other, it's like um, you might not see each other for a long period, but it's like I saw you yesterday. It's uh, it's quite good actually. Sometimes yeah. absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes, and <laughs> I, th- I think we probably grew up and matured and and stopped being sort of teenage boys. So that probably helped as well. Yeah, no, I've got that joy at the moment. I've got four kids, and two <laughs> my two boys are the youngest, and uh, they're now going through the. Uh, through the stage of just going into that teenage hood and yeah we're looking forward to that yep <laughs> the best bit is you know what's coming because you did it yourself yes that's it <laughs> so we left high school what did we do then did we go to university or did we just get a job or no um yeah i probably probably um could have gone to university had some pretty good pretty good grades and, and you know i sort of topped my class in business studies um at uh at there but um during during my um my sort of year eleven and twelve, I started doing work experience at a racing stable, um, and then I was there one day working away, and the trainer you know made a joke to uh, to one of the staff and said, "Oh, did Matt tell you he's leaving school and going to come work for me?" And I went, "No, I'm not. But you can give me a job when I leave school." And he went, "Okay." So yeah, so sort of end of school came around. I really didn't feel like going to university. Yeah. So I thought, like, what am I going to do? Well, I go and I go and play with the horses. So I went got a job in a racing stable, and um, yeah. Started, uh, started, yeah, working and working And what there. were you doing there? Did, did, was that like an apprenticeship or how does that work? No. I, training I, so, so for me, it was I was basically just a stable hand, um, mm-hmm. stable hand initially. So, yeah, just mucking out the boxes, cleaning the horses when the when the riders came in and things like that. Um, you know, kept trying to get onto the horses, you know, kept kept saying to the trainer, come, can I get on, can I get on? And had an apprentice jockey there as well. And he kept saying to the trainer as well, oh, look, why don't you put Matt on? You know, why don't you put Matt on? Yeah. So and were you heavy at that stage? Because obviously jockeys need to be pretty light. No, I wasn't. I wasn't real heavy at that stage. So uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm not saying you are now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. That's right. No, look, I was, I was probably, um, yeah, 
quite thin, a um, little bit shorter as well at that stage. They sort of looked at my feet and said, oh, you've got big feet, so you are going to grow. So okay. don't, even, don't even bother trying to go Become down that path of oh, really? becoming a jockey. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it was just going to be too much of a struggle. Was um, that something you always thought could could happen? No? Like it was oh. obviously love of horses and riding horses and stuff like that. Did you ever want to be a jockey? No, I don't think I ever did, actually. I, I just enjoyed riding them and things, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I suppose I sort of knew that I was probably going to be, you know, a little bit bit tall. Yeah. You know, I mean, I suppose one of the other things is I remember going and it was um, it was Christmas Eve and we'd been working at the stables and then we went and had breakfast and one of the jockeys was there and he was telling us how he had to lose two kilos over Christmas. Oh and I just God. went. Just stuff that. Oh, that's, oh, that's <laughs> I'm going to put on ten. <laughs> that's it. I thought I don't want to be in that. Would not yeah. want to be in that position. So yeah, it's sort of. Oh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. We went and saw that ride like a girl um, mm -hmm. yeah. the other night at the movies. Great movie, and uh, and the fact that she had to lose like four kilos, and some of the stuff that she did, like in the, in sort of wrap herself in plastic and sit in saunas, and it's like not really a good way to live is it oh no no it's not no i know i know i've worked with a number of jockeys that you know that do that that you know sweating themselves yeah. and things like that you know the one one exception was one jockey that i used to work with in um in sydney and we'd drive quite often if we, we went to the had the races where um would race down at goulburn sometimes mm -hmm. and quite often on the race on the way to the races to goulburn he'd be driving and we'd pull in and we'd grab Maccas on the way, you know. Oh, really? And, and he was just a natural lightweight. And so <laughs> so that sort of, you know. And if he stood there eating in front of the work. other jockeys, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have to worry about those sort of things. But, yeah, it's it's it is it can be a challenge for, for some of those. Um, yeah, I find it such an intriguing sport. Like I love horse racing and I love the horses and, and that sort of stuff. And I obviously like to have a bet. But my whole thing is about the actual animal. Mm -hmm. I just think they're an amazing beast. Um and the sheer size of the animal compared to the size of the jockey. And you sit there and go, that's not the way. Obviously, there's some there's something that is so amazing about it that something a little person can actually steer such a big mm. engine pretty yeah. much because oh. they, they obviously go fast. Yeah, that, that's it. They do. They, they can go quite fast. And, yeah. and look, I mean, you know, if they don't want to do something, they – they won't do it. Yeah, and and you know you're dealing with five six hundred kilos of, of of horse. You know, so in some cases you can't actually stop them. But it's, it comes back to I suppose the training, and that was the thing that I sort of really fell in love with was really working with the horses, educating them, training them. Mm -hmm. um, Are they smart? So, oh, very smart. Yeah. yeah, very smart. Very switched on. Yeah, sometimes too smart. So yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, you go from mucking out the uh, the stalls and that sort of stuff, and yep. uh, and working with this trainer. Yep. And at that stage, so we're only a year out of high school, are you sitting there going, actually, this is pr probably what I want to do? Or are you sitting there going, that's oh, just a, a gap filler? Oh, no, certainly certainly something I had a, had a strong interest in. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what did dad think about that? Um, initially... They weren't real. They weren't real happy that the fact that I that I left school. Not going to uni. I'm not, gonna not, go going, not, go, not going to university. Um, yep. But I do recall um, at my twenty first, he he pulled me aside and he did say that you know when you made the decision to to leave school and go and you know go and muck out stables, he said I wasn't really happy about that. Um, but you've actually made a career of it, and I'm really proud of you. So that was actually no, really, that was awesome, really good. It? Yeah. So at that time. Um, I'd moved on from from the racing stables, went up and moved up into the Hunter Valley in Scone mm -hmm. and um, was working in a number of breeding farms up there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so it's a bit of a change of pace there. Um, so that, so did you become a trainer in Canberra or just still as a, as a, a strapper and stuff? Just No, just stable hand strapper. Um, yep. And then I was just basically training the whole – I was doing, doing more breaking and educating um, okay. after, uh, after a while. So, yeah. And then what made you rider. move to Scone? Um, look, I just uh, needed a change. Had mm. had um, yeah, you know, sort of got to that point where I, what, I need a need a change of scenery. Yep. Um, and so yeah, so I had a, had a friend up there that was working on on studs up there. So gave him a call and he said, oh, "I'll see if I can tee you up a, a job." And he rang around and found a job for me. So yeah, I moved up there. And what do you think of Scone? It's uh, yeah, nice place. A little yeah. bit a little bit cool during winter, but no, it's a really 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 nice. <laughs> you like Canberra? Nice, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. But yeah, no, no, nice country town, and yeah, and, yeah really lovely and, people. Yeah, and it was yeah, and it was and it was, and it was good and, and good working. And you know, some of these, some of the studs, and well, this you know, one of the studs I was working on, you know, we're talking about you know, dealing with the, the horses that we're dealing with were just of a of a different caliber in terms yeah. of you know, group winners and you know, the value of you know, the horse was quite interesting. And did that ever pop in your head? Like, I'm looking after this animal that that's actually probably worth like millions of dollars. 
um and obviously even even just the um the 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 sperm of this horse is worth millions of dollars like seriously it's just like mm. the breeding is massive oh like, look, yeah yeah no it was something that did you know sometimes you think about and go okay hang on i'm dealing with a horse here that that has you know the potential to 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 you know at the time i suppose the horses were still selling for you know up to up to a million dollars so you go okay this actually could be a million dollar horse that we're dealing with um, just based on its breeding. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. So, yeah. And how long did you last in the uh, the stables up there? Um, so I did what I did um, about two and a half years there, mm-hmm. and then it got to the end of end of the breeding season um, because the season only sort of runs for about six months. Yeah, and was having a chat with the with the manager about what I'm going to do. Uh, I said, oh, I wouldn't mind travelling, and he said, Oh, well, you know, I can get you a job in Singapore. So I went, great. So, so I packed my bags and off I went to Singapore and um, wow. started riding, started riding track work over there. Okay, so, so you're yeah. back on the horses, back time. on the horses, yeah. and, and riding, riding track work to Singapore. So yeah, so that was yeah. So that's another change. Yeah, yeah. lots of changes, isn't there? Oh, no. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. So yeah. So how so, old are you at this stage when you went to Singapore? Uh, what was I? I was 22. 22, great age yeah. to be travelling. So, yeah, was. So yep. you're on your own. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And go over to Singapore. And they put you up in in housing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I had a had had a had a flat on the on course, and yeah. Um, yeah. So I just get up, walk down, walk up to the stables, jump on, ride horses. Um, yeah, and that was it. You know, so I was, you were in heaven, really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then and yeah. getting paid to do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then obviously that you know young twenty two. Yeah, you know, that the social life after after work was good fun as well. So excellent. Yeah. And how long did you last in Singapore? So I had a twelve uh, twelve month visa there. Okay. So I did that. Then I came back. Um, and then started working in uh, in stables in Sydney. Did that for about what's that? About two years. Was that strapping and and stable? Uh, that was a, that was a uh, foreman foreman okay, for a, yeah. foreman for a, for that. And then um, and then did that for about two years. And then uh, again, you know, so who did you work for down there? A uh, guy called Ross Simpson. Okay, so it was out. Of, we we're actually out on a property out at Cobbety, yep. so just outside of outside of uh, Sydney. Um, yeah, so I did two years. Got a bit itchy there. Um, Saw an ad for uh, for people, you know, they were looking for people to work in Japan. I went, yeah, that sounds good. Why not? Why not? That's it. Yeah. So, so I packed my bags again and off I went and um, yeah, went and um, went to Japan and that's where I sort of really started working with with um, you know the breaking and educating the horses there. Okay. And that so yeah. And so is that well, we we're getting to an age of probably around twenty five now. You well ish. You go into Japan and now mm-hmm. now sort of you're starting to think well. Actually, where's my career going to head me, or are you still just having fun and 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 moving up through the ranks? Just just having fun, just having fun. Great I was. way to be. Yep, yep. So now it was just sort of having fun, um, and it probably wasn't until I came back to back to. Uh, so to did Australia. you last there so another year? I uh, did eighteen months there, so okay. that was eighteen month visa there. Um, so yeah, so I went through um, and then met some people over there. Um, there were a couple, um, one of the guys um, who's yeah good mate of mine now um, was from Brisbane. And he was telling us about this school that was out of Brisbane that um, was teaching, um, you know, Japanese. Had a they had a basically school there, had a whole heap of Japanese students coming over, and teaching them about how to um you know, how to ride and, and work with horses. Okay. So we we did a um so a lob back in Brisbane and um yeah. So did you learn the language when you were over there? A uh, little bit, little bit, little bit. Enough, <laughs> a bit enough, to, enough to order a beer. Yeah. yeah so that's it. So. <laughs> order a beer and a feed. Yep. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so then I um yeah, so then I lobbed back um in Brisbane. We did a tour. A Japanese friend of ours came over, so we did a road trip from Brisbane to Canberra. Um, bought a racehorse along the way, as you do. You bought um, one. Yeah, well, for our Japanese oh, for friend, the Japanese he, friend he, yeah. he, he, he came over with the idea of wanting to buy a racehorse. So yeah, but yeah, I sort of we we showed him around this um this school in um in Brisbane. I suppose you know a lot of things that happen you know happen with my life. It's just like oh you know just make a make a quick decision or, or yep. off the cuff comment. And I you know I said to the the person that was showing us around, I said oh, I wouldn't mind a job here. And he said oh, I'll send your resume in. <laughs> so I did. Didn't think much of it. And then it was probably about a, a you know probably about three or four weeks later, I got a phone call one morning, um, and they went oh do you want to do you want to do you want a job? So yeah, right yeah. So again, packed the <laughs> why ba- not? Pack, that's it. Pack the bags and um, yeah, moved to Brisbane. Moved to Brisbane. So yeah, and that was um, that was what God, nearly twenty one years ago. Wow. So, yeah, it was just. Uh, they come here for six months and still here. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, started <laughs> started the day before Melbourne Cup day in nineteen ninety eight. So really. Yeah, so, it was, so yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's almost getting on towards almost twenty one. years. Ninety eight. That so, was yeah. let's alone, wasn't it? Um. Oh, anyway, no, it'll come back yeah. to me. 98 Melbourne 98. Cup winner. 
Anyway, oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> it'll come to me. Um, so what um, what did you do at that school? So I suppose that was the that was probably the big turning point for me. So I started off um, yeah, started off teaching um, teaching students how to ride. Yep. And then I'd been doing that for about six months, and then they asked if I could step into the classroom and and start doing some of the classroom training. Jezebel. Jezebel was doing the eight. Jezebel beat champagne. It did. That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Had to do that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Let's elope. Let's elope with the um with the um, was earlier, the Bicentennial Cup nineteen eighty eight. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, there you let's go. elope beat Shiv- I was only out by ten years. Beat Shiver's Revenge in a okay. photo in a photo finish. So there you go. <laughs> Love it. So what um yeah. so you were teaching them how to ride? Yeah, teaching them how to ride and yeah. then start and then stepped in the classroom, started doing some theory training. Mm-hmm. Um and and they sort of gave me the, the training materials to use and I went, God, these are a bit ordinary. And they went, Well, can you do something better? So I went, yeah, okay. So I then I, that sort of I then started developing, developing, um, you know, instructional design, you know, instructional materials. And did you do a course school. to do that, or it just come to you naturally? It just, I just did it. Yeah. I just did it naturally, and it was just, and I suppose, you know, I started using the, uh, you know, yeah, you know, so, so taught myself a few things around the computers and stuff like that. So I just started building it, um, and yeah, and then I suppose. Um, had you know developed all of the resources you know pretty much for that for that program um, and then started developing some others into you know for um, for some of the other programs there um, and then we were we were a school that delivered training for the not only the Japanese students but we did all the apprentice jockeys and stable hands that were um, across Queensland mm-hmm. and there's a similar school in in um, that does for the apprentice jockeys and stable hands in New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, you know, WA. So that's like um, um like TAFE, but yeah, for the yeah. jockeys. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. And then what, what do you teach them at those sort of things? Oh, like, what are they learning? How to ride, how to look after the horse, yep, how to prepare, yep. all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it was it was effectively um, things around you, know, how to handle horses, how to look after horses, how to look after themselves, you know, how to work effectively, things about the rules, things about horse health, horse husbandry, you know, up to anatomy physiology. Um, and then, you know, we did ran some courses as well for trainers around, you know, again, how to how to train and, and get horses fit, um, as well as business management stuff around around that piece of um you know, the the, the running a, a racing stable. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah. So during this time, did you ever actually become a trainer yourself? No, I was always tra- I, was, I was educating and training, you were training the horses. The trainer. Training the trainers and educating the oh, horses yeah. and things like that. So yeah. Thought about going out and sort of taking my getting up my license at some stage, but never sort of yeah. It just the path never went that way. So um, yeah, I, we we were working with all of these other um, schools um, across Australia, and someone made this you know the realization that we're all delivering the same training out of the same training package. We're all spending time developing our own individual resources. We'll have if we all get together and cut, share share resources. So we did that. Went down to Melbourne, and after uh, after sort of two days of collaborating and sharing resources, the, the decision was well, we're probably going to take about eighty percent of Queensland's training resources, and then just add a bit of extra stuff on top. And I went, well, that's actually my stuff that I developed. Yeah, so, yeah. so then it made me think, well, hang on, maybe I'm doing something right here. So I sort of then made this shift from um, you know the, the the horse industry, racing industry, into into training and development. So that's sort of where that. That shift came about and went. Hang on, I need to. So not just in horse racing anymore. Mm. Let's actually yeah. look at it from a business point of view. Yep, yep, and look at how can how can develop training and and how can help people with you know developing yeah learning resources and developing training programs. So yeah. So during all this time with horses and all that sort of stuff, are you a gambler? Are you a punter? Oh, yeah, have a, have a few, have a few, have a few punts here and there. So, so yeah. it's it's because mm. I, I I find it's really interesting that obviously jockeys can't bet on well, a lot of them do, but they're not supposed no, to. No, they don't. No, 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 no they, they never do. They, they never, they never do <laughs> that. I mean, all of us never been on a horse. No, but the but the thing is that like they obviously get in a lot of trouble if they get caught doing yep. that sort of yeah. stuff. Being within the industry, mm-hmm. um, is it full of punters and that sort of stuff? Oh, like yeah. like all the stable hands and all that? Because I'm not sure what the rules are. Yeah, obviously trainers and jockeys can't really. Or maybe trainers. Are trainers allowed to bet? Trainers, trainers are allowed to bet. Yeah, just trainers, jockeys stable can't. hands. Jockeys can't because obviously they've got they so got much control, control yeah. over over what can happen. So yeah. And um, is it is it uh, pandemic's the wrong word, but like is there is there a big gambling issue in in that? I've just always wondered. This. Oh look, I think yeah, that, that, that probably is for some. There mm-hmm. is an issue. I mean, I think we enjoy gambling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I suspect that there's probably um, some some pretty bad gamblers there, but there's also, you know, some some people that sort of quite switched on can do quite well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they've actually got some good understanding of, of what it is, of, what the of, horse of how the horses are performing and things like that. You know, yeah. you sort of especially you know when you're riding them and things like that. You know, I, you know, I rode one horse. Um, yeah, track work. This back when I was in Sydney, rode her. Um, Pretty much from the time she got broken in, educated yeah. uh, um, she had a first race and then got on her after her, after she'd had her first race and, and was riding again. And she just felt like a completely different horse. Oh, really? Yeah. And she just, in, in, in her attitude and everything like that. And she changed. For the better or the worse? No, for the better. Yeah. For the better. Yeah. And then, and then we, and then she stepped up. Um, she didn't perform real well in her, in her um, first race. And then they stepped her up and she was only a two year old in a race in at Ramwick. Uh-huh. Um, I strapped her that day. Only had five dollars each way because I knew she was going all right. Yeah. But she was about a hundred to one. Really? And and one in a photo finish. No. So it, was, it was it was. It was a what good was it was her a nice name, do you remember? Uh, it was actually Jezebel. Oh, there you go. So yeah, as opposed to <laughs> Jezebel. Jezebel. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Jezebel. Yeah. Oh so, wow. Yeah. yeah, she was out of a mare called Bold Maiden, so that's where the, oh, okay. <laughs> the the name Jezebel came from. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but so so you know, when you're a punter. And if you're in that in the know, and you know that the horses are performing or not performing or feeling better, yeah, then you can do that. But obviously, the issue is you don't know, you know, what's going to happen field in the race field of twenty twelve or sixteen yeah, other horses. How many others are like that? So yeah. Oh well, I, I back Prince of Penzance when it won the uh, Melbourne <laughs> Cup, and um, I won a lot of money that day, <laughs> and that was all based off the jockey. And that, yep. that's the other thing I find really interesting is how all these people gamble on whether it's the look of the horse, the jockey, or the trainer, the strapper. What's the most important piece of that puzzle? Is it the jockey or the trainer? Oh. Or the educator? Oh, look, it's it, it it rarely does vary. You know, I mean there's some there's some good trainers. Yeah. And I think they're good trainers because they've got good systems in place. Um and they've got good staff that are they're working for them. Um obviously the jockey, you know, can can make a difference. Yep. Um, but it just depends. I mean, you can have, you know, you can be a you know. Some of the top jockeys I've seen them seen them do bad rides. Yeah, yeah they have course. they have good and bad days. So it's a whole combination of. There's things, a bit of luck you know? there though. As oh, well, oh there, there is. There, there's there's also is. Luck. like my uncle's uh, Rod Craig. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've heard, if you know yep. Rod, but he uh, he trained Indigos. Yep, and like, Warwick Farm. Yeah, yeah, they'd yep. beat Octagonal and all these mm -hmm. sort of horses. Yep. So if Octagonal hadn't been around at that time, it would have been the number one horse in the country by far. Yeah, but it's one of those situations. But he was an insurance salesman to mm -hmm. start with. And he just loved horses and then obviously got into training and stuff. Yeah. And I find it really interesting that you um you 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 look at some of these guys like Maxie Lees from Wyong and those sort of mm -hmm. places that had these horses that never won anything and then all of a sudden they win at fifty to one, they win at hundred and you just sort of it's, I just find the whole piece of it really interesting that you can see that there's these quality horses that never actually win because of their timing or whatever. But then there's these horses that shouldn't win that actually then it's yeah, yeah. Look, it, it is. It's it's a combination of, of timing. You know what other horses? Are, you know, there's uh, you know you talk about Indigays. You've got um, uh, you've got you know that, I can't think of his name now. The horse that was up here that kept running. You know, second of Black Caviar and, yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, um, in in a number of races again. You know, would have been you know again a champion sprinter had he, had, had he been racing two or three years yeah, either yeah. side of uh, either side of caviar you know and there's a whole history of those horses that come up against you know these these sort of you know some of these great champions so timing is a big thing but also just timing on when it comes to the race you know we, we all have off days and the horses have off days as yeah. well you know so you can go okay well he's going really well but something might happen you know the night before and on the way to the races or all of that sort of stuff. Same with the jockey. So it, it, it's a really a matter of having all of those all those factors coming together at the same time. Yeah. To to sort of really get that success. So how important is the strapper in that process? Oh look, they they are they they're, they're pretty important, really, because they gotta, they keep him calm, all the horse calm. They do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, look, yeah. They? I think you know you got the stable hand, your track rider are probably two of the most underrated people in that thing because you've got the track rider that's working with them, you know, um, getting them fit. And, and making sure that they're doing the work they need to do yep. to get them race fit, and then you've got the stable hand that's looking after them, and you know, depending on depending on what it is, but you know, treat to putting you know appropriate treatment, icing their legs or whatever it might be that needs to be done, making sure they're getting fed, keeping an eye on them, you know, making sure that they have eaten 
um, you know, all of these different things that they need to do. And effectively, they're, they're the trainer's eyes, you know. The, you know, you look at some of these trainers, the, you know, big trainers with, you know, hundreds of horses yeah, in the stable. Exactly. And, and or, you know, the stables across across states, they can't manage it all. So they need their foremans, they need their, their stable hands, you know, staff. And do they listen to, to the stable hands? Oh, some some do. Again, it's it's you know it's a matter of having that that, that trainer that's got you know that's got some some good staff yeah, and, yeah. And, and relies on them and understands them. Then yeah, they'll listen to them. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because you look at that whole process, like the the the, the preparation piece, and then there, so there's people doing that bit. Then there's then there's the uh, the trainer, and then there's all these things, and then you have got the jockey that comes out and gets all the glory <clears throat> because they've ridden it around the track, <laughs> and that's pretty much at the end. They probably make the most money out of that whole process as well, but it's exactly the same in business. Yep. And I can see how you've actually made the transition from educating uh, the horse p- horses and then mm-hmm. the horse people mm-hmm. um, to then actually looking at how that works in business. That, yep. That's a really good. Um, an analogy or a good way to actually do things because you can do that from experience now as well. Oh, for like sure. You've been there, you've been the strapper, you've been the foreman, you've been that, you've been overseas, you've done all mm-hmm. that stuff. So your background in that piece is actually quite um, substantial. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I suppose it's also given me a good grounding to understand, you know, where I've been working, Singapore, Japan, Australia, um, you know, different cultures, different ways of approaching things. Um, but also then the, the animal side of things, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about, um, you know, the way that animals communicate, you know, they don't talk. They've got body language and things like that. So being able to sort of read some of that information as well, um, it's, yeah, it's certainly And do you find humans are the same as horses in body language and facial expressions? In some ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. You know, if you, if you actually sort of pay enough attention, yep. um, I don't think we do. No. I think we are too smart for ourselves of in course. some way and we don't, we don't listen to those, to those, you know, messages that that we're getting from from sort of body language and, and stuff we don't listen to it enough well i look um, at it i've so, got yeah. i've got uh, two dogs at home i've got a mm-hmm. little baby uh, british bulldog that's only 10 weeks old that's sort of biting everything and i got a, an 18 month old grudel so this massive big dog mm-hmm. and last night the 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 bulldog grabbed onto the bigger dog's leg and my wife's going stop him stop i said no stop watch and he's wagging his tail he's having a ball mm. and it was like just let him go yep one of them will yelp. <laughs> One of them will fix that up. But it's the exact same thing. It's reading the the body language, isn't it? It's yeah. making sure that you know who you're talking to and, and why and how. And I was just teaching the guys one upstairs this morning in sales. The way I do sales, I don't sell anything. I tell a story, and you, you adjust that story to the audience that you're actually talking to. Mm. And that'd be the same with your education piece. Is like, yeah, you write an education piece, but at the same time, is how you deliver that is completely different depending on who you're talking to. Oh, definitely, definitely. So if you're talking to a Japanese jockey mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a jockey from Scar and a country boy, mm. you're going to talk to them completely differently. Yeah, definitely. And that, I suppose, is a really good foundation for what you're, uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, and, and, and the power of stories is, is, is immense. And, again, we probably don't use that enough in, yeah, 100%. in, in training and things. Um, you know, and we're doing some work at the moment where we're working with, you know, with different people to help them develop training. And one of the things we're looking at is you know, the idea of using stories but also looking at what marketing does mm-hmm. you know, and the marketing work, you know, marketing – the industry does that really well in terms of bringing in the story. Yes. You know, you're starting to see this in a lot of, you know, what was the ads that was on um, oh, probably about six, 12 months ago with, uh, with I can't, it was how memorable it was actually. So, <laughs> but it was, it was a four-wheel drive. Um, yeah. And it was, and, but the whole thing about driving the four-wheel drive and they were just telling this story yeah, yeah, as yeah. part of this, this experience. Well, there, there's one, the Hilux story. one where the dad goes into the school mm-hmm. and they say, what are you doing? He goes, I'm a project manager. Yeah. And everyone's going, oh. <laughs> and they go, I actually drive a Hilux. Because well, yeah, yeah. then they show you that. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's all this stuff is, is storytelling. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I think that's that sort of really lends itself into into the, the, the education piece. Then when you're actually trying to educate and, you know, uh, deliver learning to, you know, p- to people is bringing in the stories as part of that process. So when you had the realisation that, hey, I can do this not just for, for horse in the horse industry, mm-hmm. I can actually expand this a lot more, what did you do? Well, I... I was I was lucky to actually find someone to give me another job, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I moved uh, from the racing industry into into the um, into the finance industry. So okay. I got a job as a training manager for a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. Um, never heard of this company before. Um, company by the name of First Mac. Uh-huh. They're, they're now um, one of the biggest. 
well, they were they were the second biggest non-bank yep. at that time. But because of the the way that they the way that they operate their business through third party channels, they didn't have this big, you know, big business, brand. Big brand. That's mm. right. You know, now they're um, you know their sleeve sponsors of the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they've obviously come out a bit more, and they've got their their retail arm as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I was lucky enough to to um, yeah get interviewed for the training manager role and and obviously said the right things and um <laughs> yeah the, the the hr manager put me on and and yeah so i worked there for a number of years and and again you know stepped into a role where they'd never had a training manager before didn't have anything in place so it's then a case of okay back to let's build build the content build out the content build out the processes build out the systems you know put in put in place a learning management system for to actually put the content online so that people could you know access the information when they needed it so, so when did you become, when did you get the realisation that you've been doing this for all these other companies and all these other people and they own all the IP <laughs> and you're sitting there going, actually, shit, I just created another really good business for someone and it wasn't mine. Yeah. So that was probably about nine years ago, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'd been. Was I'd, it a day? Did you just sit there and one day and just go, holy crap, that's what it is or was it something that brewed over time? Uh, look, I suppose it'd been, it'd been brewing. Yeah. Um, but then. Um, I, I met some I met some people um, at a at a conference and we got talking and I showed them some stuff that I was doing just on on the on the side just playing around with you know uh, you know what I can what I can do what I can develop just as part of my own you know professional development mm -hmm. and they went oh that's pretty cool um, and the guy said oh you know we've got another there was a there was a uh, we've got a training another uh, a workshop coming up in a couple of weeks hey do you want to come along and, and showcase this at the workshop. So yeah, right. So I did that. Um, so I got to know them, and then the tool that I was using, um, they then got approached by um, by Griffith University down here, um, and said, "Oh, we want some training around this tool. Do you guys have you guys got skills in it?" And they went, "No, we don't, but we know someone that does." <laughs> <laughs> so then they contacted me and they said, yeah. "Are you interested in are you interested in doing it?" And I went, oh, "I suppose I am. You know, um, you know what are, what are you paying?" And they went, "Oh." You know, it's like I oh, will pay you, you know, seven fifty a day, and I went, "Yep, I can do that." <laughs> Why and, not? And and, I, and they went, "Oh, you need, you know, you need to, you need to set up an ABN and things." So that just sort of became the catalyst. I went, well, hang on, I go, on. okay, I'll go and set up my ABN. And I thought, hang on a minute, I've got an ABN. I've just registered a business name. I've got a customer. Yep. I'm sitting there going, like, "This is, this could be me." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So then I was working for working for a registered training RTO at the time, um, developing all of their training resources. When had a chat to the manager and said. This is what I want to do. And he went cool. Okay, he said, and 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 they became one of my one of my first customers then. So I actually that actually made it quite easy to transition. Yeah, definitely. Where I went, okay, I'm no longer going to be an employee, but I'm still going to do that work for you. And that sort of yeah pushed me down that path. Nice. So yeah, it was it was good. It was good. So then you drank the Kool Aid, and now you're uh, you're a business owner, a bit of an entrepreneur, and um, sort of makes shit happen. That's that's the idea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly been a, it's certainly been an up and down up and down path. Always you know, is, that's, isn't it? It's interesting, you know, with that that whole, you know, you see entrepreneurs and things, and you think, oh, they're, I, you know, overnight successes, and it just doesn't it doesn't happen that way. Well, I'm a 25 so, year overnight success. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things. <laughs> it so, is. That's, yeah. It gee, is. he's done well this year. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken 25 years to get here. Yep. <laughs> it's like that's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. So. so during this whole time, are you on your own? Did you have you had family? Have you had a wife? What? How's that all worked? Yeah. So I, I um yeah through the through my connection with the racing stables um so the horse that our friend uh, our Japanese friend bought we sent to a trainer up here in Brisbane mm -hmm. um, when I moved up to Brisbane he was actually um up at uh, up at Peachester and was but was moving the stables and everything into to Brisbane had a house built but the stables weren't built so he's still up there. So I stayed in I stayed in his house and looked after his house for a couple of weeks until he moved down and, yeah. and then the stable while the stables got built. Um, anyway, his his foreman, um, she came back from the races one day and I was chatting to her and she went, Oh, yep, we're going up to the going up to the pub later. And I went, Okay, cool, yeah, I'll come with you. Um, she said, I've just got to go home, pick up my niece. She's, you know, just just come down from Cairns. And so yeah, she she went and picked her up and I met, you know, met her niece at the pub and yeah. and yeah. And, and that was the beginning. That, that was that was the beginning, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And then it was uh so what's it now? Um 
supposed to know these. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll get shot if I get. You're going to get in trouble for this one. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No. So it was uh, yeah last the, the, a couple of weeks ago, 20th of September. We're 16 years married. So yeah. So that's. Oh, yeah. congratulations, yeah. mate. Yeah, so, yeah. And did you do the, did you do it right? Did you get down on one knee? Did you do that stuff? How did how the proposal happen? Oh, the proposal was uh, yeah a bit of a sort of a, a casual affair in. in uh, <laughs> In, uh, out, out, out of my parents' property. So, okay. So they were down at the, a, um, got an acreage down near Coffs Harbour. Yeah. In between Glen, uh, Grafton, Coffs Harbour, a little place called Glen Ray. So the property uh-huh. there. So yeah, I was sort of going to do the whole, you know, um, let's go out for dinner, fancy little thing. And I thought, well, hang on, she sort of, she knows that this is sort of coming. Um, so yeah, so I just sort of proposed and as we we're sort of walking around the Did paddock. Did you get on so, one yeah. night? No. Oh, oh, that's all right. She said yes straight <laughs> yeah. away? Said yes. So oh, that's said, all that matters, so, isn't that's it? That's right, yeah. That's it. <laughs> So 16 yeah. years married, any kids or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, two, two kids now. So, How old yeah. are they? Well, you can do the maths there. So 17, one's 17. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Um, yep, so, and um, and then the other one's 13. Boy or girl? Uh, boys 17, girls 13. Awesome. So, yeah, so, so one, one of each, so yeah. And uh, and do they like you? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> My kids like me this week, it's great. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, look, I've, no, I've got, a, I've got a pretty good, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm really lucky. I've got two great kids. Yeah. And, and but that's because it's the way they're parenting. have got a great, great relationship. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That, that's all it yeah. is. And mm. like all these kids that are out there that are assholes is actually because they're parented that way. That's why <laughs> I look at it. That, that's, that's simple. Yep. So do they love horses? What are, what are they into, the kids? Um, look, yeah, we're not really, I mean, my daughter, daughter loves horses. She's done a bit of horse riding, but because we're you know, on a, on a um, you know, suburban block and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, we just don't have that opportunity to play with the horses now. Um, probably. The, our, our our sport of choice at the moment is kayaking, so we're oh, really? sort of right into 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 the kayaking and things. all of so, you. Yeah. Or? Um, my wife isn't. Yep. Um, but yeah, my son was sort of. Well, I I started doing it just as a way to 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 get fit and, mm-hmm. and exercise. Um, obviously, a few years of uh, riding horses and falling off, and um, you know, my back's not few the best. injuries. Yeah, a few yeah. injuries. So my back's not the best. So I was looking for something that was a bit of a low impact but could still get some some exercise. So I started kayaking. Um, my son said, oh, I'll come and join in with you. Yeah. So he did that. Um, and then we were probably at the club probably about three months and then the club had their annual race and he went, oh, I want to do the race. <laughs> okay. okay. Off you go. There you go. Off you go. So he did the race and then um, and then he, he said, oh, and, and then he did another race a bit later on in the year and then come start the next year. He said, oh, there's a, there's a, there was an eight race series. He said, I want to do all eight races. I went, okay. So he actually ended up doing seven of the eight races that wow. year. Um so he was probably about 14, yeah, probably about 13, 14 at the time. So, yeah, so he got into it. Um, yeah. And then I thought, hang on a minute, I'm, I, I was still, still race, I was still, you know, train, paddling. paddling. Yeah. And I thought, I'm paddling, I'm training, I'm carting him to all the races. I might as well start, start, doing, the, start doing the races as well. So, yeah, yeah so we're... Yeah, so we're... So you do that together? Yeah, we do that and stuff, yeah. And, but, then, and then my daughter's joined in and she's started doing a bit. Um, in that space as well. Oh, so yeah, it's great when you can do it with your kids, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I love to box, and so I we 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 um, box at a local boxing gym, and my youngest daughter comes boxing with me. My eldest plays football, my other boys play football, and she doesn't do that, so she boxes with me. And yep. it's just really good. You get that bonding and, and get that little bit of time with them as well. Yeah, no, it's which, good, which I think is a good thing, especially when we're all working so hard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and me and my son, we've got a we've got a double double surf ski that we're oh, okay. that we'll be racing next year. In awesome. Our, so you're gonna do it in tandem then. Yep, that's right. Gotta keep in gotta keep in time. <laughs> as long as you're at stuff, the back so you can slap him in the back of the head yeah, if you need right. to. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I am, thing. I am. that's why I'm there. So yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. So what's your greatest ever achievement in life? <sighs> I think my kids. Yeah. I think are they kids, an achievement? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Look, I mean uh, um, you know, my son's um yeah. Does he finish school now? Or last no, year? No, no. He's he's he's, um, he's only year eleven. Year, yeah. Year twelve next year. Um, but just you know, I was just sort of thinking the other day. Um, shows you know, obviously great family we are. Um, my son went off to off to um the US off to NASA space camp. Yep. With the school. So that's he, pretty cool. Yeah, isn't it? it was. Yeah. <laughs> so he he got back on he got back on the Wednesday. Um, I think it's just before lunchtime. But Wednesday morning, I flew out to Singapore oh, okay. for a conference. Yeah, and then the Thursday, my wife and, and and daughter flew to Cairns. Yeah, so I didn't get back from Singapore till Sunday. So my son, we just like left him alone Thursday, Friday, and I, and I thought about. I thought we didn't even consider 
is this going to be an issue? Mm. It was just like, yeah, oh, we're just, yeah, oh, we're just going to leave you here and we're going to go. And you know, you've got your license now; you can drive. And, yeah. and 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 I thought, well, actually, that's a, a sort of a real a real credit to him and you guys. And it, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To sort of think, okay, well, well, I've obviously done something right, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and I think that's sort of yeah, yeah, to sort of look at those kids and see what they are and and how well they how well they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably sort of probably one of my biggest achievements. Yeah. And that, that's awesome, and and the the fact that you're uh, you can see when you talk about it, you sort of lift your shoulders back and actually yeah, look oh, at like that. Like we've done an amazing job, mm. and right, good on you. Like as I say, parenting to me is really really important, and. Uh, it's something we do. We parent our kids, and some some may say we're strict, but at the same time, is they're great little humans, mm. and like we're the same. Like my daughter's going into year twelve next year. I have no issues in the world. It's one of the best drivers I've seen because she concentrates and she knows the rules. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that, that sort of thing. So to leave him on his own for that period of time, and you got no worries. That's awesome. Well no, done. That's right. Yeah. So no, it was good. So who's the person or the people who have the most influence in your life? You reckon? Career or personal? Oh, look, I think it varies. It's it's varied over time. You've had a few you know? careers, haven't you? Yeah, had a few careers and things mm. like that. So yeah, there was um, you know obviously uh, you know um, you know a couple of a couple of people I met along my way. You know, uh, one of the foremans at the racing stables. You know, had a, had a bit of an impact on some of the early things I was doing in terms of you know work ethic and stuff like yep. that. Um, now now that we've got um, you know LinkedIn, Twitter, um, that sort of stuff, I'm actually you know. Able to collaborate with a whole range of people, you know, um, and and I've got you know associations and networks. Uh, you know, we're talking about stories before. Well, you know, there was one guy that's actually in the US that does a lot of stuff around story-based training, mm-hmm. and I've been able to connect with him and network with him. Um, you know, we caught up in the in the US um, a couple of years ago, but we'd been network connecting and talking and, and friends yeah you know, for, for a couple of years before that gotta love technology so, yeah, don't so, you? That's, yeah. that's, so that's great so in terms of now it's so varied because there are quite a few different people that i'm going okay i want to learn more about what you're doing i want to you know associate with you a bit more um so it sort of varies across a whole range of a whole range of different um people at so, the moment. so, so what dad think yeah does dad have any idea what you do Oh look, I think they, <laughs> my mum's got no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, they, no, they, they know, they know what I'm doing and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, and they're, they're pretty. Do you ever turn around and go, "Did all right from mucking out the stalls, Dad"? <laughs> I'd be doing that all the time. I think no, I think no, they, they, they do that. They know that. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah, look, it is. It's good, and and I think you know, obviously, being a business owner as well as the, as I said, there's the ups and downs of it. Um, and sometimes I think, well, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. Um, but then there's other times where it's like. Hang on, I've got the flexibility. I can go and do something with my kids, and yep. you know, just take some time off, or you know, it's great you can be there for that award or that speech or that whatever. And they turn around, and they see you in the back of the room. It's like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's it. Or just you know, or I'm going okay. Like you know, the other I was I went out to Singapore last week for a um, you know for a conference on learning experience design. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I'm interested in, wanting to learn more about. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send myself there. Yeah. So there's those those that's some some positives of of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, the way I like to end these things is quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite food? Uh, probably seafood. Scallops. Oh, I love a good scallop. Favorite song. Oh, it's meant to be quick fire, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Favorite song never is though, so you don't don't feel bad. Yeah, I, 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 it has to be a song, one song. It, it varies, but uh, Champagne Supernova Oasis is always one that that gets That's me. Great song, isn't so, it? Yeah. Favorite place in the world? Singapore. Is it really? Yeah. I was there two weeks ago. Mm. Right, it was, yeah, was it, so oh, it, amazing it, it, joint. It is. It is. It's a great place. Multicultural, safe, great food. Yeah. Do you find when you yeah. go back now that you're still catching up with people that you when you lived there? All those years ago? No, most of the most, most of them moved gone. on. Yeah, they yeah. all sort of they're all like myself over from Australia, New Zealand, and sort of you know visas are finished and moved on. And yeah, things. yeah. Um, so what's next? What well, are we doing now? What's next? What's so, going to happen? So now, now we're um, you know we're just sort of ramping up, I suppose, our new our new product, um, which is which is basically we're working with um, authors, influencers, uh, subject matter experts, predominantly. Uh, looking at professionals in the health and wellness industry okay. and helping them to unpack their um, intellectual property and and turn that into online courses to give them visibility, scalability and profitability. So awesome. really what we're looking at doing is really taking, I suppose, my you know 20 years of knowledge and using that knowledge 
to help people share their knowledge that then they can have impact with others in the world. So helping them create their own platforms or you got your own platform you do that on? Um, look, we've got a platform. We partner with an organisation in the UK, but also if they, if they, there's other platforms as well. So it's the, the platform and the technology piece is, is something that ends up coming last. You know, um, it's, there's a love, there's a great quote, which is if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. And so if you start looking at the technology to start with, then it's always going to look the so same. True. So, true. We, so we look at, okay, well, what is it they want to achieve? We start, you know, do this whole piece around the strategy and looking at where we can actually, what it is that they want to develop, what we can design for them. And then we look at, well, does our platform fit into that or is there another platform? And also what is the what's going into that platform as well. So we do all the, the whole piece around designing the experience and designing the resources that sit inside that. Awesome. So whether it's videos, podcasts, um, you know, just just standard e-learning resources, whatever it might be, it's a whole mix of things. So that's what we're, that's that's what. That's next. That's it, that's it. That's what we're doing now. So, yeah. And so if people want to find you, how do they do that? Oh, look, they can find us on LinkedIn, um, you know, website, superblearning.com.au. Um, yep. Find us. Um, this is your big plug. Yep. So um, again, <laughs> on, on Twitter at Superb Learn. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, oh Matthew Mason on on um, on LinkedIn. Okay, right. So you find yeah. LinkedIn's the current tool of choice. Look, it's it's. I one, am. It's, I, yeah. I quite like LinkedIn. Yeah, at the it's it's one of the it's one of the tools of choice. Um, you know, and I think that the people we are, um, you know, the, the those professionals, the what we're talking about, you know, we're actually looking at help how we can help people go on their their entrepreneur journey. So basically, entrepreneur. Yeah. It. So yeah, it's a bit of a wank word, but anyway, that's great. It's, it's mate, great. It's a book in that. Yeah. So yeah. So well, I'm actually writing one. Yeah. Uh, what's moment. your book so, called? So the book's um, called Teach Them to Fish. Okay. So it's about you know this this the, the old the old the old concept of you know teach a man to, you know uh, you know give a man a fish and, and you're feeding for a day teach him to fish. So let's look how we can actually teach people to 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 share their knowledge. Um, so that's what the whole book's about. And when's that going to be released? Uh, next year. Next year. Next year. Yeah. And so we're going to hold still... you to that date, or are you just going to keep writing? No, it's it's. Um, I'm about <laughs> I'm about sort of uh, probably three quarter, nearly near, nearly finished. Just doing some some edits with it at the moment. Yep. Um, probably in the next month or so, it'll be going off to the editors. Um, and then I've been told that it's still probably about a four month process from yeah. from when it goes to the editors and the book type, you know, book setting and editing and coming back and. All that, all that bits and pieces. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a next year. Next well, I have my so, first yeah. book released in February this year. Yep, and um, it's one of the best feelings you'll ever have, mm. especially for someone that dropped out of high school and <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And you go, oh, I've got a book. Got a like book. that's really yep. really cool. Yeah, and uh, in the process of writing our second one now. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting stuff when you're actually getting all these words on paper and then someone physically hands it to you. And it's like, wow, I wrote that. That's, that's it. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, so we're looking at these entrepreneurs, the educational entrepreneurs, and, and, and yeah, re really looking at how we can help them, you know, provide impact in the world. Right. All entrepreneurs need education. Yes. Very, very, very critical. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming to spend some time with me. I really appreciate it. I love bumping into people in really unusual ways. And obviously, we hooked up via LinkedIn and this actually physically met. This was great. This yeah. was, I loved it. So, I'm Matthew Mason, thanks so much. You're an awesome human. Thanks no for worries. joining me. Great. Thanks a lot. It's been great. Thanks, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Hey guys, thanks for listening and what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels. Search for Podfire on Instagram and Facebook or find me at BJ Macker and look out for all our Podfire podcasts. <laughs>